Hi everyone, this is Anokhi here. I'm the curator of Siberia, the design and technology festival at Tifa Working Studios. For this series of podcasts, we would like to experiment with the virtual space of video games. The aim is to lay a foundation for experimentation through play using key principles from game design like interaction, world building, fictional narratives, character design, aesthetics, and the new technology that is being used to create these things. Today we have Sir Victor with us uh, talking a little bit about video games and his experience with it. Hi Anoki. Uh, hi everyone. This is Pratap. I, uh, I am a software engineer uh, currently living in California. I moved here uh, about seven years ago, but I've been a gamer since uh, forever, as, as long as I can remember, ever since I was a kid. And uh, I'm very passionate about them. I, I, I keep up on news about gaming and uh, I own a console and a, and a PC. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about my one of my favorite hobbies with you today. Mm, can you like tell me when you started gaming? Like just like your early first experience with gaming so I would say my first legit experience with gaming was when I was seven or eight years old, I think. We, uh, my dad bought a computer home. I remember it was like a Windows 95 PC, you know, like very low specs, obviously. Like the days of like when you would have 128 megabytes of RAM and you would be like, oh my God, that's an amazing PC. And uh, playing like tiny games like very first game that i ever played was like logo which they teach you in like primary school and stuff and it wasn't really a game but it was a game to me um and then playing stuff like dave prince of persia 3d and those kind of games and like contras which were like pc ports of console games but they were games to me regardless so yeah 95 96 i would say I feel like gaming in India during the 90s is such a unique experience, right? Like just yesterday I was talking to a friend and we somehow came up with this story of, you know, how we used to go like go have maze and collect tazos and there was this whole collecting right. tazos and playing That's a right. game with that. I mean, I don't know if this was like an Indian thing or this was happening all around the world, but like all the guys in my life would basically be like, hey, Whenever you buy chips, like I want your dazzle coming. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's right. I, I remember that, and I feel like <clears throat> at the time I didn't really have. Obviously, as kids, we don't have that perspective, but we always got like there was like a few years gap between when something would release in like Japan or America or something. Like for example, like Tamagotchi watches were a big thing here, but they didn't. I don't know if they ever made it in India or it got famous. But yeah, like. I I also used to be like a mini Tazo collector in school and uh, I was also like a Pokemon card collector briefly. So yeah, um, a bit of a nerd in denial if you want to say that, that's fine with me. Did you like, I don't know, I remember a huge part of like gaming here at that point was like going to cyber cafes and like, 
I mean, all 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 the guy friends I knew, they would be like bunking class, bunking college, and like being in cyber cafes. I feel like we had this whole boom boom bang bang of the internet when the cyber cafes started, right? Uh, were you one of those people? Like, would you like the I, I would say I would say the seeds of that were sown actually in like my school life. Like my very first LAN experience was. Um, uh, so in like I think this was like the fourth grade maybe where uh, uh, we signed up for the optional class to learn uh, like C or C plus plus at the time and we had like one computer lab and very limited seats and I remember all of us fought to try to get a seat in that class because the real reason was because we there was uh, like a couple of games installed there because our teacher also used to I think uh, I don't know if it was a teacher or a student that did that but they used to allow if you were like a favorite of the teacher or something, they would allow us to play like uh, Age of Empires across the land. And that kind of stuck with me. And then eventually when Cyber Cafes blew up, I naturally took to that because uh, I played uh, Dota briefly, Defense of the Ancients, which was like a Warcraft 3 mod. I remember playing that on LAN, um, uh, Counter-Strike uh, 1. I don't remember if it was 1.6 or Source, but one of those. At the time, um, uh, I would enjoy that. I remember many a times when we, like, I would save up my pocket money to go and do that. Um, um, parents, <laughs> parents would call it a waste of money, but to me, it was like, oh, I get to game with my buddies, you know. So yeah, that was my. Was it like experience. a virtual, like a virtual means to hang out? Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think CS:GO, which is interestingly a big hit right now during the pandemic yep. but like mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong the idea of csgo is not just like a strategy game but i feel like it's so much uh more than that it's like bonding with your friends like seeing people's real sides absolutely absolutely it was a it was a great way to like uh you know like form bonds with your friends and uh, it was an activity you enjoyed and uh it also had like a like a sneaky element to it. You get to do something fun instead of boring classes, obviously. Um, but like, yeah, you can like trash talk with your buddies, and you can, uh, you know, just basically. I feel like it, it's a, it was an amazing evolution to just being able to play like board games, for example, or uh, you know, like trading card games or something like that. Like a natural step up, like very interactive, and it and it also tests your skill. Uh, like gaming can be very competitive at the same time which is also another aspect of it that drew me to it um so yeah like being competitive and being extremely fun and being able to like form amazing bonds with your friends or like just participating in an activity that everybody enjoyed so much and whenever you like you would have like rivalries between friends and like uh, fights would break out obviously you you catch other people looking like cheating like one of the <laughs> i remember one of the times uh, i got really angry at a, at, at a at a friend in my other team because i noticed like because you were teams sometimes it would work out perfectly where five people would sit on the on the second floor and then uh, uh the other five would sit on the first floor so that you know like there was no cheating going on but sometimes we would be sitting in the same room uh, backs face to each other looking at our screens but some kids were like like try to look behind behind them and like strike try to sneak a peek of what the enemy team was doing and like 
all sorts of hilarious situations like that. One time I got so angry, I remember I, I was taking the game so seriously and I just like exploded. I was like, what the hell? Like, why are you cheating, man? Why are you looking at our screens and stuff? And I remember I just got up and like walked out. <laughs> maybe maybe it was the inner, uh, inner uh, drama queen inside me coming out. But yeah, I distinctly remember just getting like a hot flash of anger, just getting up and walking out because people weren't playing fair. But then next day, you know, we made up and then we went back. <laughs> That's so interesting. And like, um, I think <clears throat> when, like when you and me, we played Portal, uh, there were times in that game right, as well right. that you could like just basically drop the other person, like kill the other person. And I, I remember the frustration and being like, hey, <laughs> stop doing that. I mean, it's not cheating, but it's just like, I feel like multiplayers have these, um, multiplayer games have these uh, possibilities where you can actually evoke like this extreme reaction in the other person by just pressing a bunch of uh, bunch of keys on your laptop. You know, you're not actually physically doing something to right. uh, upset the other person. But uh, and especially, I feel like when it's a bigger team and there's like more people involved and uh, things oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. so, Passions can get very high in moments like that. And <laughs> over time, uh, like I, I wasn't one of those people who used to do that a lot. But over time, I'm just like, I'm paying it forward because it has happened to me. <laughs> Some people have done it to me. So I'm going to, since you like, since you also mentioned that you haven't been playing games for too long, it's kind of all new to you. So I wanted to give you the whole introduction because oh. once you jump into like the actual online world there's a few video games out there where people can be very toxic towards you <laughs> and uh, there's been some crazy stories that have happened over the years and especially if you're a girl who plays video games uh, there can be some interesting situations that can happen um do you have any any like if you if i would ask you if there's any extreme story you want to tell me which has been one of your most interesting experiences while playing a multiplayer game. Does anything come to mind? Nothing egregious. I haven't really like I've been I've like sometimes it happens where like you do you make you've been playing the game perfectly fine. It's a competitive game and then like once or twice I remember it happened to me. Like I made like one mistake. I made a very stupid play. But one of the guys who was uh, being like toxic from the very start, just like trash talking his teammates and like talking shit to the other team as well as his own team at the same time, he uh, he's like, "Oh, this guy is the this guy is the reason we're losing. Kick him!" And the, in CS:GO, there's a way to vote kick people, and so he was able to convince uh, the rest <laughs> of the squad that even though I was doing fine, like uh, we we were doing fine overall, just because he was a toxic guy, he got me voted off. So you have to be prepared for like the tables to turn on you very quickly. Now, <laughs> uh, do you play a lot of multiplayer games? Uh, recently, yeah. Like recently, I've been playing a fair amount of multiplayer games, more than usually. Mostly, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, mostly, I've preferred um, like single player games traditionally, but lately, um, it's been fun to participate with like play with friends you know and like especially i don't mean to mention the elephant in the room but like covid happened right there's no denying that and that actually ended up turning a lot of my some of my old friends like one of them 
uh, one of them even like bought a computer because he's like, hey man, like now that I have free time, I'm gonna build a PC because that's also another fun activity you can do. Um, hunting for parts, putting it together like a like a like a Lego puzzle or of sorts. When it all comes together and you see your PC fire up for the first time, it's an awesome feeling. And then using it to be productive or playing games or anything like that. So I I um, I remember, and I think I don't have data or anything like that with me, but from what I've been seeing. Uh, recently with the demand for graphics cards, consoles, everything being sold out everywhere. Now that people are like hunkered down and locked down, a lot of people are getting into it. And uh, it's amazing to see how much gaming has grown over the years and to be a part of it sort of from the very start. I I don't want to say that uh, I was there from the very beginning. I'm not that old. (laughs) But uh, I would say like as... Like from the, it's in the '90s basically when the computers came to India and we picked it up. Like, it was it was interesting to see like a lot of uh, people my age picked it up fairly quickly. I would want to say, and a lot of my friends are working in the IT industry. And I would like, I'd like to say that that's one of the reasons. So it's great to see that there's this resurgence happening again of like more and more yeah. people getting into it. I mean, um, I kind of started gaming about a year back, which was not like. COVID was existing, but it was not like a thing back back by then, you know, last year, November or something. And um, I've had few friends who are somehow not anywhere close to physically where I am. And turns out I now spend more time with these people. I'm on a virtual call for like sometimes eight hours at a stretch, you know. Like, oh, cool. and we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. I, I, I tried a bunch of different multiplayer games, and then now it's like moved on to multiplayer role playing games, and you know things like that. And I actually, have a very close guy, a friend of mine who lives in Germany, whom I'm like sometimes I call, and I'm like, there was this one situation that happened. Um, one of my close artist friends, she came home and she was like, "What do you do like all the time? Right? Like, why are you not awake?" Right. And I'm like, um. Okay, I'm gonna show you the games I'm playing, right? And I like open my laptop, put on Steam, whatever, fire off the key. And then mm-hmm. I open No Man's Sky, which is like this uh, open world uh, survival game. And it's right. got amazing, like, according to me, it has amazing, like, aesthetics. And, like, and I was like, she's an artist, so she's gonna love all this, you know, visually attracting. And I'm right. in my spaceship, and I'm supposed to take off to go to the other. I forgot what it is, like what I'm supposed to press to take off. <laughs> because like I haven't played for so long. So I like literally called up my friend and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to like disturb you, but like what do I press to take off? And he's he's sitting in Germany on like a whole different continent, whole different time zone, and he's like he literally like abused me. He's like, How do you not remember? You know, like how do you not remember? But like <laughs> it's basically these bonds that like that have happened with me over the last few months, which have allowed me to be so close to friends who are who are not there physically around me, but I genuinely spend more time hanging out with them and interacting with them. You know, absolutely. And I I can I can honestly say the same for me. Like I've also reconnected with some uh, friends through that, and like uh, like. You know, like moving here and trying to making it make it on your own can be uh, a little daunting. But like, and 
as you get older, uh, they say it, it gets harder to make friends. But I feel like if you have an avenue like gaming available to you, it's I don't I feel like it's not really a it it kind of blurs that boundary a little bit. And I've I've also I've run into like uh, a wide variety of people. There's like a like a grandpa that that I follow who streams video games on Twitch, and it's kind of funny to to you know watch him figure stuff out and like learn about gaming. So at such a later stage in his life, and like uh, being interested in that kind of stuff and making friendships and whatnot. So so yeah, I would say yeah. it's, a, it's a very very inclusive thing, and uh, you know it helps you reconnect with people, and it can be an amazing tool. Like the gift of gaming, it's a, is a great gift you can give anyone. Personally, and. Um... I feel like it's also uh, like what I find interesting is also the aspect of like role playing and like how you can right. uh, create a different alias avatar of yourself, right? And like be this other person. One of my so, favorite genres, absolutely. Interestingly, talking about No Man's Sky, uh, me being me and me being clumsy in nature, I have. I had difficulty or I can say I still have difficulty like navigating because since it's a space game, right, there's like a lot of, lot of things you can warp and you can like land and, you know, it's not, right. uh, the navigation is not as simple as just like going up and down. Right. Know? And I'm like still kind of adjusting because I don't have so much experience of gaming, right? I'm still right. kind of adjusting. Right. And I'm so clumsy that when I'm multiplaying with my friend, I'm multiplaying no man's time with my friend, I'm legit flying upside down. And he's always like, <laughs> he's like, he's landing, comfortable, doing whatever he's, he's doing. waiting for you on the other end. Like, <laughs> like, why are you flying upside down? And I'm like, oh, am I? You know? And <laughs> since then, as a joke, like this new, like new alias name of mine that's come up is called clumsy space girl because like apparently when i'm in space i'm like a clumsy <laughs> that's a person name. that's a great name and i'm just and i'm like and there was a time when i thought i would like twitch on uh stream on twitch because i'm just like okay my characteristic when i stream is gonna be that i'm clumsy you know gotcha, and, gotcha. Um, yeah yeah which brings me to my next question like why okay. is your name game name called Savita? Right, so there's been a few iterations of that name. I've like switched it around. I've thrown my nickname in there and whatnot. But um, I so I, uh, I used to like playing. So uh, like in the early when I picked up when I was very new to gaming, uh, it was like early years, and I was still figuring stuff out. Uh, at the time, I want to say it was like the late '90s. I feel like, at least in India, there was like a huge boom of strategy games. Even in the US, I feel like there were some amazing uh, strategy games that I played: Age of Mythology, Age of uh, Empires, uh, uh, Empire Earth, like random uh, strategy games, uh, Command and Conquer, and all those. And um, so the so I I usually always like to play like a knight character. And that's where the sir mm -hmm. comes from, and uh, and the name Victor was just <laughs> some random NPC that I really liked in a strategy game, like doing some kind of side quest in a strategy game. I have a, I I don't remember exactly because I've played some very obscure ones as well, which which is kind of hard to remember now. Um, yeah. Like because I was I was uh, I would play I would literally play any game strategy game that I got my hands on, like Total War. 
uh, Europa Universalis, like Paradox, like Grand Strategy games, Hearts of Iron and all those. Like I've dabbled in quite a few different ones. Uh, but yeah, basically that name is like uh, like an amalgamation of my different uh, strategy game identities, I would say. And over the eventually, years, your new alias name. Yeah, that's uh, you can call that my alter ego. I'm I'm a I'm a knight at heart. <laughs> um, depending on what game I'm playing, I can be a good one or a white knight or a gray knight or a bad knight. You know. <laughs> I, so I, gaming um, gives you the option to pick and choose. So I I like to talking about games. role, talking about role playing games in twenty twenty. What are the games you've been playing oh, uh, this um, year? This year, like let's been, talk about new games. Right this year, uh, I uh, I've I've managed to play a bunch of games for obvious reasons, um, but it's also like despite like the. Uh, like like delays and uh, like postponing of the release dates of games and uh, all those issues with games not being released complete or you know bug fests like something like the latest the latest rage in gaming it's uh, it's everywhere right now is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven I'm sure whoever's listening to this has definitely heard of that game pop up somewhere or the other that game was not released mm-hmm. really complete and like um, um, but yeah, it's overall. I would say it's been. Uh, I've 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 played most of the like the top rated ones. Like I've played uh, Last of Us Two. I own a PlayStation Four Pro, on which I play most of my like PlayStation exclusive titles. Uh, I used to own an Xbox before that, but I sold it in favor of a PlayStation because most of the Xbox games are available on PC anyway, and I have a PC of my own as well. Um, but yeah, coming back to this year, I've uh, played uh, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've spent like almost 80 hours in there. Played a lot of CSGO. How many hours of CSGO have you known? And this is like, oh my I'm God. asking right now. Off the top Should of my I head, like... it, I think it was like 500 hours overall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, wow. Um, but I've been playing that game forever, so um, it's. I'm. I'm not defending myself. I'm just. It is what it is. <laughs> I've played it a lot for sure this year because uh, I. I'm part of like a group that plays regularly, and I'm part of like two or three groups on Discord, and um, a lot of them are based close by to me, like like uh, West Coast, and mm-hmm. we join up, play random games on the server, play competitive and whatnot. So yeah. A lot. So, um, for for our listeners, uh, when I got into gaming, uh, I spoke to Sir Victor and I, I asked him, can you, I mean, you know how he's talking about so many games right now, he would do that to me as well. He was like, you should play this, you should play that. And being new into this field, I was like, hey, tell me one game that you like, that you have loved like your whole life and like which you would recommend anybody and everyone to play. And interestingly, his answer to that was Witcher 3. And right. I I think like Witcher 3 for me had, I think, all the most amazing aspects of uh, game design, like character, narrative, open world, mm-hmm. uh, role playing, um, all of that. So, I mean, how was your experience with like uh, games made by CD Projekt Red and like, now playing cyberpunk you know 
Right. And were you like one of those people waiting for Cyberpunk for like the oh, last ten years? Absolutely. Well, yeah, pretty much actually. Like, uh, so the the very first time I played a CD Projekt Red game was around 2011. I want to say mm-hmm. uh, uh, that was Witcher One, and I don't think, yeah, I I don't think I ever completed Witcher One. And the same, like I ran into issues with my PC and whatnot, and like, and the and there was a brief period of time where I didn't have one, and then I lost, uh, I lost touch uh, with gaming for a little bit, and when I when it came back, it was kind of old, so I had moved on. Sort of a similar thing happened to Witcher Two, but um, I actually managed to replay Witcher Two and beat it uh, early, very early in this year. Just because uh, I've been reading the books and I've wanted to get immersed in the uh, in the in the whole world again, because of the TV series that recently came out as well. Um, I'm a I was I was I'm a big fan of the whole universe. Um, but yeah, Witcher Three, I uh, I didn't play it at release. I played it uh, one or two years later. I think uh, it came out around 2014 or 15. I want to say, and I. And I built my PC around uh, late 2016, and that's when I played it. And uh, I remember just start to finish, just being completely immersed in the world. Um, I think I put in around like 180 or 200 hours, I want to say. 50 or 60 of those were spent on a mini game called Gwent inside the game, probably. Because I remember I played a lot of Gwent. I liked it so much that I bought the standalone game that they released called Thronebreaker, and I, oh, cool. I, I beat that on uh, on the PlayStation, and that was a lot of fun. But, but yeah, in general, CDPR I would say is like a, <clears throat> it's not really an established or well now it is sort of an established company because Witcher Three was, as you know, wildly successful. It was like a benchmark game when it came out, and it uh, it was like. You can say most gamers would agree that it was like a perfect combination of action RPG and uh, uh, like storytelling and just quality of those kind of open world games uh, in general. Yeah. It hit all the all the check boxes, um, uh, especially for people who were fans of high fantasy and even casual gamers uh, at the same time. And so. When Witcher Three came out, they still weren't that big, uh, but I was instantly a fan because of the the the, you know, like I I watched after I beat the game, I watched a few documentaries and um, I saw like uh, their whole history. Uh, uh, if 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 the if any of your viewers are interested, they should check out their uh, a documentary from these YouTubers called No Clip, who did a whole like five or six mm-hmm. episodes, I think, on YouTube that tell you their whole journey like first two episodes are about how the company came up and how it was like essentially like a bootleg uh, uh mm-hmm. well not boot- i don't want to say bootleg but they were like uh, resellers of games for the for for poland which is where they're based and uh, and they own this uh they used to own this uh oh they still own the the platform called gog which is good old games which is like a similar to steam uh, you can buy games and stuff like older games which they optimize like even like games from the 90s and stuff you can find on their obscure titles so that's all they did and uh, they basically did like um, uh, localization work for games when then eventually they decided hey let's make our own stuff um, so just looking at their history the way they've come up you know they're not a traditional 
uh, American development company. They're, they have their own unique uh, uh, like Eastern European storytelling, like folklore adapted into modern storytelling thing that they did. And just the whole way they approached gaming in general, like uh, lately there's been a trend of putting games out on the console first and a lot of people have been saying like oh the pc market is kind of uh you know floundering compared to consoles because developers like to focus on that more but these guys have every time they've released a game they've always changed well not changed but like they've kind of sort of led the pc front like even the latest game cyberpunk 2077 like uh, uh if if uh if you've been following the news you will you will know that they kind of had to pull the game from the Sony PlayStation Store and the Xbox mm-hmm. Store because because of the state it's in right now. But it's fine on PC. Like you know, I have it on PC and I play it, and I know I understand that it's bug riddled and stuff and everything. But um, I'm one of those fanboys who def like has faith that yeah they'll they'll fix this stuff. Um, I'm in the I'm not in the hater group. I'm in the liker like I I like the game uh i the bugginess is kind of sad and unfortunate i'm sure they will fix it which it's the same thing happened to witcher 3 you know like when they released it wasn't a perfect game i didn't play it at release so i can't say how bad it was um but my experience hasn't been all that bad um compared to what yeah um so interestingly cyberpunk has also been like the first games for me where i have played it while it's released you know like i was there on the i was basically planning on the launch day and all of that right and uh, i i feel like i feel yes there are a lot of bugs right now in the game but i feel like the aesthetics are just like mind-blowing and uh and it's got a lot of things i'm looking for and interestingly uh with when they paired up with nvidia with the new graphica that's out. I feel like it's that's just right. taken the whole creation of gaming to a whole uh, different notch. And uh, uh, you talked about playing Cyberpunk on your PC. Do you also, did you also like upgrade your tech and like got the new card and like, or are you still like waiting and looking for getting a card? I, so I did. <laughs> I was, uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, snag uh, uh an nvidia rtx 3080 which is their latest generation the second generation rtx cards that they released like september i want to say this year mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me um there's been a huge shortage of supply like uh, uh and and the market is currently like almost it almost feels like it's being hijacked by uh scalpers uh, those are the people who like they will buy it at MSRP and then resell the same thing on. Uh, they'll buy as many as they can using like scripts and bots online or whatever, and uh, resell those on eBay for like double, triple the price. And it's like basically difficult to find find one even from third party like aftermarket GPU companies like MSI or Asus or what have you. Even those uh, cards you're struggling to find. But I was lucky enough to find one on Newegg because. Like I said, I had been waiting for this game to come for a while, and I knew that they wouldn't disappoint like PC players, and that like they would make something, uh, you know, that uh, would stand the test of time, like you know, like a benchmark game, mm-hmm. so to speak, like mm-hmm. 
this game defines this generation, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I was I was lucky to snag uh, one of those uh, uh, off of a reseller website here at, at MSRP. <laughs> I did not pay uh, like outrageous pri- like pri- aftermarket prices that's going on right now. Um, but I, I I would say it was definitely worth it. <laughs> looking at uh, how they've, they've they've definitely put a lot of like I feel like if you were an early adopter of the RTX, there wasn't really too many games or like too many um, optimizations in that area in in a lot of games, so it didn't really make it worth. But I feel like if you're looking to see like, hey, what 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 does RTX mean, or what's all that about, and like. Um, you want to play games at 4K, for example. 4K is a big rage right now. Uh, I yeah. myself personally game on 2K, which is like uh, halfway between HD and uh, Ultra HD, uh, mm-hmm. or like 1440p pixels. Um, but yeah, it's a great card for doing, and it's also I think I believe it's also like AR and VR ready. So technically, yeah. if, I, if I buy a VR headset tomorrow, I should be able to play like. Uh, like a VR game if I really wanted to I hope <laughs> yeah but it's definitely totally changing uh, the immersive quality of like visuals uh, yeah. especially with real-time rendering effects and things like that and I mean um, a friend of mine streamed uh, cyberpunk for me using the third game card and it's just beautiful like Mm-hmm. The, the the shadows, the, the lights, the effect, and Absolutely. kind of makes me feel shitty about still playing on my <laughs> 1070 or 1080 card, you know? Right, it's just right. like, uh, also, like, as a VR developer, I feel like this is kind of going to definitely change the way immersive Absolutely. spaces feel. Absolutely. There's going to be a and lot more a, people interested in that, like, with as more and more games and like uh like PCs just have the raw power to be able to run those things and so that after like two hours of gaming on VR, hopefully the quality is good enough so that you're not throwing up afterwards because of the the woozy effects that it has on some people, you know, and that's definitely yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And um question, do you did you buy the game on GOG? Yes, I did. Um uh, I did that because uh, it's owned by the developers, like it's run by the same company. And uh, if you buy it on GOG, basically all the money that you pay goes in goes to the developers. And like if you buy it on Steam, for example, Steam will keep a thirty percent cut, and developers only get seventy percent of it. But there also, also... Um, I saw this whole uh, documentary by NoClip on how uh-huh. GOG was created and started. And their whole, like their whole uh, thought process and history of the idea. I mean, if anyone's curious, but like the basic idea still remains that they wanted to get games where the developers give up, give away the rights of uh, BRM, which is Absolutely. digital rights um, uh, marketing, mm-hmm. and uh, sorry, digital rights management, yeah. which like allow people uh, to like take the game and then basically do whatever modifications they need because why do we stop people from taking the game and like playing it the way they would like to play it right mm. yes absolutely um yeah and that brings up a like a very interesting topic uh, for for me personally as well because one of the reasons i am in 
the profession I am is basically because I used to like tinkering with the uh, with like video games, like you know, like um, uh, on strategy games, for example. There were a few games where you could, if you edited the save file, like you could create entire new uh like a culture subtype for example with its own you know global benefits to that faction that you're playing in the game like add your own flags add your own dynasty pack what have you and there's there's um uh, like there's been some amazing uh mods that have come out for older games over the years like uh like going back to games like witcher 3 for example um there's a mod where you can install henry cavill's face the guy that plays the Witcher on the Netflix series onto the face of the guy in the game, the the girl, the main character, which which you know, like, <laughs> which would be hilarious if you're really like a hardcore fan of the show, but you don't really like uh, RPGs or something. Uh, you could install that mod, and like uh, you can you can even change the kind of clothes you can. You can change, uh, you can have, like, there's a few mods out there where have their own, like, side quests and everything, and, like, um, um, you know, and <clears throat> uh, Skyrim is another great game where there's so many mods out there, and it actually, and if you start getting into it, if you have, like, even a little bit of interest in, like, coding or anything like that, uh, when it starts to make sense to you, and then you, like, actually relive those changes in the game it's a it's a very it clicks something very uh uh you know very satisfying inside you when you actually get things working uh that way and to this day i'm still one of those people who whenever there's like a new patch notes or something i'll, I'll like vigorously read through it because um i i do some of that at my work as well because i'm involved in like a client delivery sort of capacity so <laughs> Uh, playing games is sort of translated into helping me do well at my job. So I highly recommend. I think uh, I think it's also a very creative thing to basically take something that works and then kind of break it. Like you want to break yeah. the game and you want to yeah. break the rules and you want to see what you can do. Uh, uh, one of one of the architects I follow, he does like video games and architecture, and that's that's kind of what he does. He wants to like break the rules and see how. You know, we can connect different aspects which are different spaces because a lot of spaces are not allowed for the player to move in, right? Even like as me who makes some games, basic games, uh, you want to limit it. But like what happens when you when you take something and like want to make something new from it? And I feel like like there are some games that allow you to do that as well, right? Like Minecraft. Absolutely. Like it has it has actually spawned entire new genres of games. So for example, if you take uh, something called uh, there's a there's a genre called MOBAs, which is uh, mm-hmm. I think the full form stands for multiplayer online battle arenas, and so basically it it got its start from Warcraft three. Uh, I believe it was a modified map of an existing in-game map from Frozen Throne, I believe. Um, So what they did was they took one of those tower defense maps that they had in the game uh, and uh, Warcraft 3 had this cool thing. It was sort of new at the time where um, they had like, like strategy games were great for like uh, tinkering around and doing map designs, making your own maps and stuff like that. So uh, there was this uh, Dota mod, like a Dota map that 
these uh, modders made, um, which became like super popular. Like, what do you do after you beat a game, right? You goof off with your friends online. And so this map provided this avenue for them to stay in the game and yet have fun of their own. And that, that I believe, uh, before uh, Valve, which was the company that also runs Steam, who kind of owned it at the time, they kind of missed the chance to capitalize on it. But then, uh, wait, I think I have my story wrong. It, uh, it, it was made by Blizzard Entertainment. Um, um, sorry about that. Okay. It was made by Blizzard Entertainment, which, uh, which Blizzard didn't manage to secure the rights to make their own game out of it or something like that. I'm sure there's a story mm-hmm. online you can find about it if I... I'm sorry if I'm telling you the wrong uh, sequence of events here, but so yeah, from what I remember, it was Blizzard first, um, and uh, they uh, they let people get uh, run wild with this mod and play it for a while, but then eventually it spawned into uh, a game of its own called Dota, which mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, like uh, a lot of people in India have, because Dota blew up in India. Like I remember a lot of my friends were playing that, and some of my friends still do. Uh, I wasn't really a huge fan of the game at the time. I preferred playing shooters like Counter-Strike at the time. But I did play a few games and it was fun. But yeah, so like it spawned into Dota. And then there was another company called Riot Games. Uh, They made League of Legends. um, And basically it spawned its own genre because of some like person who liked Warcraft 3 so much. They're like, hey, let me make a new tower defense game out of it. And then like, Modding became into this huge esport all of a sudden, and there's there's like multi million dollar tournaments that you can watch on Twitch if you like really enjoy the game. And like sometimes you just like watching a game, right? Just like watching sports, like you don't want to make the effort to sit and play. Sometimes you just like watching somebody do all the hard work and do it very, very well because some of these esports players are nuts, and you can see some. It's just like watching like a cool basketball player or like a cool cricket shot that MS Dhoni hit or something like that, you know. There are celebrities yeah, I'm, out here just like that. I'm totally a fan of that because like someone who's new in the game world, I don't like, I can't play all the games that I've missed out on. So I, I love watching. I mean, Twitch has like become like fairyland now. And uh, right. it's also interesting how there's like people are creating special content for Twitch and like, you know, there are different additions to the way they stream on Twitch that adds to the game. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, like uh, a lot of these uh, lately, Battle Royale has been another genre that's been really blowing up uh, or has mm-hmm. been, like, uh, I feel like uh, in India right now, a lot of people play PUBG, which, or mm-hmm. used to play PUBG. Um, I, I forgot, I forgot that recently, I think, was, wasn't it banned in India or something? I, I, I forget what happened. I don't know what the current situation is. But last thing I heard was that my, a lot of my cousins played that game. They were like, hey, you should play. I'm like, there's no way. I'm, I'm not a huge mobile game fan in general. But yeah, like uh, specifically for games like that, which a lot of the Twitch streamers play, developers like to do, like they'll activate like... Uh, in-game loot drops and like uh, in-game events where you can earn badges and uh, like promo codes to like get gear packs or different guns and stuff like that. So not only uh, are you having fun while watching the streamer and their friend play the game, you're also, you know, like they incentivize you to like, hey, like if you own the game, here's something a little, here's a little extra. 
you know, or something like that, uh, which can be which can be yeah. a cool experience if you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I have a friend who loves playing games on Steam just because he loves the achievements oh, uh, right. that he gets. Um, and I feel like these these platforms have kind of made this possible, like this external reward system. Like it's not mm-hmm. just the satisfaction of playing the game, but now you have this external reward system that's online on your profile uh, you know you can compete with your friends it's like a whole another right. aspect of gaming no matter which game you play like you know Absolutely. and now steam has these badges and all of that which is honestly very stressful as a new person in this game world right. um I but uh, i i also feel like there is this whole like there's a whole uh, amount of data or like basically a system that you create for yourself just because you play on these platforms, you know? These platforms are kind of becoming... Also, just for our listeners, fun fact, I've seen Pratap's uh, GOG page and he has over 200 games. <laughs> which is probably from the last, I don't know, how many years? Two years? Uh, two years? I would say this is over the like, I, uh, last four or five years, I would say. Uh, because 200 games. There is a reason behind that. Uh, I feel like, uh, um, like obviously, like uh, when I when I when I moved here, like there was like a period of time where I couldn't didn't really have a co- great computer and like uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have the my money to buy a console and stuff, and mm-hmm. like, I couldn't justify purchasing one. So there was like a couple of years where I didn't really get to do anything, and I lost my old accounts that I had stuff on, and like. Like, but after I moved here, I sort of like started rebuilding all that. And lately, there's been this huge launcher war that's been going on. Like, if you own a PC, like every publisher, like like Activision, for example, has their own platform called Blizzard where they launch games. Uh, Steam obviously is the juggernaut. Like, it's the like the original you know game reseller. But like yeah. EA, EA has come up with their own launcher, Ubisoft has come up with their own launcher. Epic Games is like a new entrant, the guys who made Unreal Tournament. So all these different launchers have been doing different programs to like entice people to buy the games directly from them, which is like like you asked me earlier. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. I bought directly on GOG because I was like, hey, I want to make sure the developers get all the you know credit for this, yeah. right? Not some middleman taking the cut. Um, so because that's happening, a lot of these launchers have like started striking up partnerships with different uh, develop like uh, development shops and like, hey, let's give this game away. Like, let's say, for example, uh, like recently when Cyberpunk was launching, what did CDPR do? They launched Witcher 1 for free on GOG so that, you know, they could be like, hey, here's our game that we made so like a few years ago. Check it out. If you like yeah. the style, you can buy the new game, you know, and. A lot of lot of games have been doing that. A lot of publishing companies have started coming out with those subscription services. So like the Netflix for gaming, for example, like, you know, that sort of model. So and a lot of those games that I own are part of that. Like I got them through giveaways. I got them for cheap because, you know, like competing launchers came up. And um, and like if I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass, let's say excellent subscription, by the way. Uh, hashtag not sponsored <laughs> um, xbox game pass has been great like i've been able to access like the latest games that um, i um, uh, kind of missed out on in the past maybe because 
like Age of Empires, for example, they remastered them, remastered the games, and it looks beautiful now. And uh, like it gives you instant access to those games. Just like you pay a monthly fee, you download mm-hmm. whatever's in their catalog, and they have some amazing games in their catalog. And for PC, I think it's only like five dollars uh, here in the US. But uh, I feel like in India, it it could end up working out for even cheaper because usually you've like well, from what I've seen. Whenever subscription models go over to India, they go go over in a very uh, cost-effective special way. pricing. Special pricing, special because, pricing, because it's a whole new market for them, right? So they want to entice more and more people to join work compared yeah. to here, which is like a very well-established market. And they're when when and see, like competition, free market in a free market is great. <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean clearly. Uh, so clearly, you spend a lot of time gaming and right. Is it like your? Is it like if you had to rate gaming in terms of like entertainment? Like what what rank would you say gaming stands in the entertainment industry? I don't know. For you especially, for someone who games has like five hundred hours of CS:GO already played in, which is probably just this year, right? Correct right. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, my Sir Victor is coming out of the closet today. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I would say, yeah, I would say, like, uh, over the years, gaming has sort of become my go-to. Like, I don't even have, like, I don't even watch regular TV. I don't even have, like, a cable subscription or anything like that at home. Like, um, if I'm, if like, the nature of my work is such that sometimes it's a little difficult. Like, you know, you're sitting in front of your computer for eight hours and then you get off and then you're, you're, you're quarantined. And then the, like immediately you're like, Oh, I don't want to do four more hours of gaming. Uh, yeah. But what else are you going to do? You're going to watch, you're going to end up watching a movie or some TV show or something or something like that. Right. But I prefer my entertainment uh, to be, like sort of directed by me so i like to be actively involved yeah Um, and so gaming fits that bill perfectly for me and uh especially when you can't really go outdoors and do a lot i feel like having that hobby has really paid off for me this year (laughs) so i would read it yeah i up there (laughs) i i feel like for me as well uh it somehow overpowered even like netflix and different things because it's just so immersive to begin with and then there's this interactive aspect where you can still like hang out with your friends you know piss them off yeah. have fun with them like strategize there's uh, a, there's a unique, wonder, there's yeah. a sense of exploration and like like as you grow i feel like as you grow older um you you get a you tend to get a little jaded with age right but then Gaming has the capacity to still surprise you. Like even today, like sometimes I see something, I'm like, holy crap. I used to think, I used to dream of being able to do this in games as a kid. And now I can actually do that. Like, like, you know, and then suddenly I'm, I'll find myself looking up what engine the game was made on just because I'm, I'm I like to, uh, like keep up yeah. with the news and stuff, right? Like, um, like what, what development engine was used, what company made it and like what's going on um in the industry you know like what are the hot topics and like it can be it can be it can get very involving very quickly um and you can like really uh uh like like 
wet your feet, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it's also it's also something that you can do at your own pace. There's there's a lot of a uh, lot of different kinds of games for now, especially I feel like in the last ten years there have been a lot of art games, there have been a lot of casual games, a lot of you know. For different for people who are interested in different genres and different uh, aesthetics as well, it's not all combat and strategy and you know mm-hmm, uh, even role playing for that for for that aspect. So I feel like now it's kind of it's kind of reached this point in the entertainment industry that it kind of caters to different kinds of audiences having different Absolutely. interests, mm-hmm. and uh, you can also find people and like get them inclined in a fun as with a fun aspect. Into what you're interested in, like yeah, one like of the games that I actually ask everyone I know to play is 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 made by one of my favorite artists. So right. it's not even I don't even think it's like a it's like a big game. It's a very small game, but if if that can interest you in like aspects of gaming, that can kind of take you to more deeper games. Right. and uh, there's so many genres out there today like if you are interested in like just puzzle games like there's so many amazing uh, games out there uh, just like uh, like uh, the the experience you had uh, like playing portal like it's just solving puzzles that's all you do right um, yeah there's some amazingly well directed uh, like if you're the kind of person who's a bit of an introvert who's shy and uh, who doesn't really or sometimes there's days where you're just like I don't want to deal with people I just want to get lost in a world of my own there's so many amazing single player games out there that you can immerse yourself in multiplayer games if you're a very competitive person there's a huge uh, uh like availability uh, today uh if you like to have like very deep rewarding experiences uh, like for example uh, I remember playing grand strategy games like when i first started playing i thought like hey yet another strategy game i probably know how to play this but like i found myself the very first playthrough i did of europa universalis i remember being so completely lost and going to the verge of giving up on the game i'm like i don't understand anything that's going on in this because it was a completely new genre for me but then um uh like i i i decided to stick to it and then like look up you know forums online like i didn't really have any friends who played that game either because it's very it's sort of a niche genre like uh, like armchair general type of game which doesn't appeal to uh i'm i'm a bit of a history nerd myself and uh, so that's why i kind of like playing that game um <clears throat> excuse me um and so yeah like uh digging into that and like figuring it out and uh looking up forums and then like I I ran into this thing that a lot of the people who played the game were doing called after action reports. Mm-hmm. What those were was uh the people would play their campaign which would lasted anywhere from like 2 3 4 hundred years uh of real time, right? A real time mm-hmm. in our quotes. <laughs> um it was like a possible real time strategy game and so in the after action reports what they would do is they would take their campaign um and then they would create like these amazing stories out of their entire playthrough and then uh, like how like this dynasty was destined to fail and like make an alternate history like uh, like an alternate history story of their own 
for their playthrough and like and I started doing that myself and so I started enjoying the game uh, a lot more because then and that's how like uh, that was one of the games that I used to mod a lot like uh, I would like have my own character packs have my own like character family name and stuff like that and like I started with like a small region in India and then eventually become like a global uh, uh, you know superpower nation and like and that game is very flexible in where what you want to do uh, like you can become a trade superpower or just straight up be like a steamrolling uh, you know call conquering nation and stuff like that so but yeah like if there's something that that's very specific to you even if you're new to gaming or if you're a non-gamer there's definitely something for you out there like even if it's a simple game like um, uh, just like a walk walk and talk adventure all you have to do is press direction keys and stuff like that. like um, there's a lot of games out there like that yeah well. and um i i i hope that more people would play games and i would totally love hanging out with way more people virtually mm -hmm. uh especially all across the globe yeah and uh coming together immersed in the same space same platform i think we can stop here thank you for having thank you for coming on board for the podcast program it was great talking to you absolutely it was a pleasure this programming was brought to you by tifa working studios a contemporary art space located in pune to know more about tifa please go to tifastudios.in our special thanks to sir victor for being a guest on this episode the content for this episode was designed and executed by Anoki Shah. The music for the episode was provided by Siddharth Merchant aka Triggerfish.wood and it was edited by Anuj Nakade. Thank you for tuning in.